and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the lovely Karen Rendazzo. Let's lock you in a room for 12 hours with no food and you'd be begging for these slamming mammary jammers. And the always fantastic Chris Rendazzo. And all form the head. We here on this week's episode talk television, so sometimes we get a little spoilery. Uh, this episode in particular, so pay attention, the season finale of Orphan Black, the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones, uh, the brand new Voltron on Netflix, and the brand new Lady Dynamite on Netflix. If you don't want any of those spoiled, please go watch them. Enjoy them for yourself, then come back, and we'll all chat together. So, I did my bestest to watch as much of these shows as I possibly could. And the one I'm most curious about to hear reaction about is, is Lady Dynamite. <laughs> so, so Karen, I, I watched it. I'm not sure how long the episode was. I'm going to say 30 minutes. And after watching two episodes, I, I literally sat back and went, what, what? What the? What did I just watch? What? What? But it's okay. It's gonna be okay, Evan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird show. I'm not gonna deny that. Um, if you don't know uh, Maria Bamford, who is the star and creator of, of Lady Dynamite, she's a stand-up. You may also recognize her as the target lady uh, from an ad campaign they did a handful of years ago where she was like super blonde, crazy in like a tracksuit and they ran all these ads at Christmas and she was like, ah, I'm going to get all the deals and spend all the money. And Was she like the one who's going to win Christmas or some bullshit like yeah. that? Yeah. And she was like training on a like an elliptical to like get ready to like kick ass hmm. and sh- at Christmas shopping. I guess all those letter bombs I sent didn't work. <laughs> So, Chris, not a fan of Maria Bamford. I you definitely know, not a fan of those ads. I actually liked Maria Bamford's stand-up. I, this was not that. No, it's very distinctly not that. So, this is a um, a I wouldn't call it exactly a sitcom, but I, I think half-hour comedy is the closest to anything like that you'd recognize as a TV format that you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a multiple timelines. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, she has been diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. And so they're in the, the show is sort of a, a fictionalized surreal account of her life. So there's the timeline of like, before she sort of had a breakdown and then she goes home to Duluth, uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. I, think. I think, um, and is in treatment for that and staying with her family. And then the present timeline is her, you know, having come back to LA and trying to figure out what to do with her career and her life. <laughs> uh, and, for characters besides her, you've got her manager who's completely inept, uh, Bruce. She's got a couple of really selfish friends, one of whom she hires as her assistant. Um, and, you know, it's <laughs> kind of, I guess, kind of a classic comedy character in that, like, this friend is supposed to be her assistant and like her first duties as her assistant are like, Oh, I need next Tuesday off. And, and since you're famous, I need you to get me tickets to X, Y, and Z. And like, 
I she like does nothing as an assistant. I, I have a dentist appointment tomorrow, so I'm going to be four and a half hours late. Right. Like that was the, the first thing she said. <laughs> exactly. Um, and she also eventually gets signed with an agent, um, Karen, who is played by Anna Gasteyer from Saturday Night Live. So the first episode sets all of that, all of these things up, all the timelines and the, uh, you know, the people in her life and what she's trying to do. She's just trying to like, figure out what to do with herself and you know how to cope with the world through the lens of her her mental illness um (laughs) and it it doesn't like do any of that explicitly at all sort of like um i don't know you the first episode is really hard to get through because you have to kind of figure out what's going on it doesn't hold your hand um but that's okay i like that about it so the second episode's more of a uh, traditional like there's a plot and a thing happens and blah, blah, blah. Um, so Maria's trying to get, <laughs> she's trying to get work. Um, and there's a great scene with her manager where he, she's decided that she doesn't want to rely on stand up as a device in the show Lady Dynamite in her Netflix show, but she's still willing to do stand up. But her manager's like so inept, he doesn't really get this idea. And he's like, so you're not going to do any more stand up. You're only going to, you know, you're only going to do other kinds of things. It's, she's it's like, like a- no, 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 no. Oh, so you are going to do stand up and you don't want any other kinds of gigs besides stand up. And he just like completely misses the point. Is, is the fact that this show is self-realized a thing? <laughs> or is it just like non sequiturs? Like, it, it's like, it's weird fourth wall breaking. Yeah. But is there, that is that part of the sh- like is that supposed to be part of the show or like the I mean it line? is. I've only seen one more episode than you have, okay. but they 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 keep that up. Okay. The sort of like every once in a while like it's 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 like a not realistic version of her life and then every once in a while like everything'll break and you know it'll it'll become hyper realistic and you know it's it's like they're the pilot you have Patton Oswalt as one of the characters and he's just he's playing a bicycle cop but then like the scene breaks and it's just Patton Oswalt talking to Maria Banford like are you really sure you're gonna do this this way and you're like wait what just happened so that's what I mean when I say it's hard to get through you have to kind of like figure it out um it's not a show that you can watch lazy, lazily and, like, half pay attention. No. But no. <laughs> one of the things I like about it is how they end up tying things together in the end. So um, her manager pitches her that to, to, to be a, a gig to be a spokesperson for a Japanese brand of um, single-serve self-steam microwave noodles called Pussy Noodle. <laughs> and he, show, he, okay. he, he shows the uh, the tape of the former ad campaign to her, and it's like totally friggin' Japanese. You know, there's people samurai swords and cats everywhere, and it's like crazy, violent, and bizarre, and you know, uh, super sexualized. The, get, the dude gets his dick cut off. Yes. Um. So she's like, "Yeah, that's weird. We're not going to do that." <laughs> Um, and then her super selfish friend is all, has set her up on a date with a guy who is bisexual and a meth addict. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, she tries to get out of that, too. She's like, I don't really want to do that. Doesn't seem like a good idea for me. Uh, but her friend guilts her into going on the date. 
So she goes, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the guy's kind of, he seems like he's kind of okay, and, and it makes her, her realize she's not perfect either, and maybe she was wrong, and she shouldn't say no to all these things, and, you know, maybe that was just her gut reaction, but maybe she shouldn't be trusting her gut reaction. So that leads her to then, you know, go back to her manager and say, yeah, I'm going to do the ad. Um, and that's after <laughs> she she tracks him down on, like, uh, some studio back lot. And she's like, oh, hey, Bruce. And he runs away. And there's this, like, bizarre, like, two-minute chase scene where she has to chase him through this back lot. And then she finally catches up to him. And she's like, why were you running? And he's like, oh, I thought you were a student of uh, security trying to catch me for something else. And they just have all these weird... Like non secretary things like that, like the chase. Um, I, I, I <laughs> all right. The, the the he he was he thought he was being chased because he posed as a a famous woman. I can't remember who it was. It was a model, Cheryl Teagues. That's who it is. And then like throughout the show, it happens all the time where they sort of, especially with him, they they show like it what it should be an old picture. Uh-huh. And there was the one where he was like sitting with uh, because he, they were talking about the guy being a meth a meth addict, mm-hmm. and yeah. he says, "Yeah, I know how that is." And they flash this picture of him sitting there with a, a bunch of five gallon pails, like playing the drums. Uh-huh. And she asks him, "Oh, you, whatever you were, you were addicted." He's like, "Oh no, I just played that role on." Like it didn't make sense. It, it's that's her style. I feel <laughs> like that's that's. That's her way of using her stand-up style without doing her stand-up act in the show. Uh, okay. To me. Um, so then they have a flashback to her. Uh, <laughs> her she, you know, she's t- talking about her recovery, and they have a flashback to her being in Duluth with her family. And uh, <laughs> how she maybe shouldn't trust her gut all the time because... Uh, after two weeks of being in therapy, she comes home to her family. She's like, guess what? I'm cured. Everything's going to be fine. And we're going to start a family band and it's going to be awesome. We already have a gig. Okay. You're playing that way low key. She had a pair of cymbals. She gathered the family in the middle of the driveway. She's like, family meeting. Yeah. Like, this is so weird. It is really weird. <laughs> But I'm also trying to not be too long-winded this week, and so just trust me when I say when I tell when I tell you things that are happening, weird stuff is always going on. Oh, okay, okay, got it. <laughs> um, so they have the family band has the gig, had their gig at the VA, and in the middle of the first song, she like has a mood swing and collapses on stage. She's like. I guess I'm not cured. I think I need more help. <laughs> and so she's like, "Well, you know, life is a journey, and my recovery is a process, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna see where things go with this guy." She goes on a second date, um, and it goes kind of, you know, pretty well. But she's like, "We're gonna take it slow. We're not gonna sleep together." Then on, on her way home, she changes her mind via uh, <laughs> another weird thing. Like she turns on the radio, and the radio talk show is herself, like analyzing her date at, in the form of a talk show like a radio call-in show <laughs> and she's talking to the radio the radio host and the radio is talking back to her completely bizarre so she she decides you know you know what 
I'm going to go for it with this guy. And I have this thing in my, uh, in my, one of my recovery journals called a relationship agreement. And if he signs that, well, then I'll feel safe. And then I'll, then it'll be okay to sleep with him. (laughs) She goes and gets her relationship journal and takes it to his house where she sees in the front window, he's about to get a blowjob from the waiter at the restaurant. (laughs) She thinks that this indicates that because he's being bisexual, that he is back on meth. So she busts into stop. She's like, no, you can't be on meth. You can't go back to like, you know, doing stuff with guys. And he's like, no, no, uh, no <laughs> I'm not be bise- I'm not bisexual because of meth. <laughs> I'm best bisexual and meth addict. Uh, so <laughs> she, you know, kind of gets freaked out and tries to leave. And he's like, I thought you were cool with the bi thing. And she's like, yeah, no, it's not because you're with a guy. It's because you're with another person. And that freaks me out. Like, I don't want that. And he's like, I wouldn't do that to you in a serious relationship. Is that what you want? And have like this serious moment. And then this is where I'm saving my actual like in-depth descriptions for bizarre shit that happens in this show. Got it. (laughs) So he's like, you know, I, I wouldn't do that to you. I'd never cheat on you if you were, if we were together. Is that what you want? She's like, yeah, that's really what I want. And like the music swells and they look at each other. Then the door opens and his boyfriend walks in. <laughs> like throws a fit. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's just upset because he thinks you're another guy. And like it would be okay if he knew you're a woman. So like she tries to knock on the door and get him to come out like, no, really, I'm a woman. I'll show you my... <laughs> my south mouth (laughs) uh the guy they get the guy to come out and he's like i'm not mad because you're uh you know because it's a woman and mad because you're cheating on me and that's not cool and she's like i know how you feel just moments ago i was felt the same way when i saw him like about to get a blowjob for another guy And the guy's like, that's it. I'm breaking up with you. It's over. And what about you, Maria? What are you going to do? You're really going to take this from him? <laughs> At which point she uh, like has one of these fourth wall breaking moments, addresses the camera about how like, yeah, I need to like, you know, trust myself. And, and my gut was right all along. And I, I said in the beginning that I didn't want to go out with this guy. And, and my gut turns out to be right. Uh, <laughs> at which point the apartment set that they're in breaks away <laughs> and they're actually behind that set is the set of a Japanese game show <laughs> and the, <laughs> the game show host comes over and she's like so what are you going to do Maria what's it going to be are you going to sleep with him and, <laughs> and they bring back in the whole uh, ad campaign from the beginning of the show that she wasn't sure if she was going to do they're like, this guy wants to have pussy and noodle. <laughs> Are you going to give him your pussy? <laughs> and she goes through a whole decision process and ends up deciding, no, I'm going to trust myself and I will not give you my pussy. And the the boyfriend is like, that's right, because you have self-esteem. <laughs> and it's a sort of a, a call back to the joke in the beginning where they said the noodles were self-steam. Yeah. Now I have self-esteem this is like a really bad like (laughs) japanese accent (laughs) so and that's where it ends like (laughs) i don't know if 
any of that just made sense to anyone, you might have to watch it to, like, get it. And honestly, I watched this episode twice, <laughs> and it made more sense the second time for sure. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I do like it. Okay. But it is a very weird show. It <laughs> brings in a lot of, like, just surreal stuff, but really funny, good jokes. They're, they're like, they're thinkers. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, I, you know, I'm a fan of Maria Bamford's comedy. I like her a lot. I, you know, you're, you're rooting. I'm rooting for her as a person who is, like, sort of, in the public eye with mental health issues and being open about them. And so, you know, there's a lot of that being addressed. There's a lot of just, you know, trying to be an adult in the world and deal with, deal with things, but through this completely bizarre lens that I don't know if this show will be a success, but it certainly will be if people watch it. And I think people should at least check it out and see whether they like it. Cause there's, there's, I agree with you, Evan, that it's like, (laughs) it's weird, but there was something that kept making me go back and watch another one and another one. (laughs) I went, I worked my way through the the pilot episode, if you will, and Mm -hmm. that whole storyline with Mark McGrath, how (laughs) how she's going to do, she apparently wronged him in some way, shape or form in the past and she needs to make right for it. So she's going to do a benefit for his, his, uh, his charity his open arms charity and her, right. her manager set it up. And apparently like, like this is a whole plan for a good two thirds of the episode. And then we find out towards the very end that it's not, it, she thinks it's about children or taking care of kids in some way, shape or form, but it's actually about uh, open gun laws so that yeah. you can carry in public. I'm like, wh- why, why was that left her necessary? <laughs> That's the thing. Like, with this, there are some very funny moments in it. Like, the agent, uh, Mm -hmm. Anna, Anna, right? Anna Gasteyer? Yeah. She is hysterical to me. She She is is way over the top. And her manager, I find them very, very funny as the characters they're playing. Everybody else, eh, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't Uh, know that the friends uh, are the greatest characters. I don't know. Um, the, in the third episode, you get to see the Karen, the agent character, uh, how that's her being her agent starts to lead to Maria getting the gig as the target lady and how the character of the target lady starts to be created. Oh. <laughs> so the show is def- definitely going somewhere in terms of like creating this Maria, creating Maria as a person. What I did like about it is that there are a number of comedians show up in the show at least in the yeah. first episode a lot of cameos i so. saw Patton. i saw brian Bosain. um john mulaney is in there john crier shows up for a minute <laughs> yes <laughs> like really <laughs> i thought he quit just acting <laughs> bizarre stuff man oh. i'm glad you enjoyed it i may watch an ep- another episode or two to try to fully understand it but i don't know i i mean i <laughs> I feel like when I first heard the title, I thought it had something to do with Napoleon Dynamite, and that may have turned me off, because I wasn't a big fan of that movie. So, then when I looked further, I was like, oh, I like her. I don't know. I don't know what I expected. It definitely wasn't this. This is not what I expected. It is a strange-ass thing, man. That's all I gotta say. (laughs) All right. Very good. Chris, 
Yes. We're going to take a stroll down memory lane with our childhood dreams. In, okay. In, in in the form of a wondrous Netflix television show that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I've watched a number of these, and I don't... I, I don't think they could have done it any better. I, I do. Okay. Um, the... All right, go ahead. Take it away. Okay. Um, let me just start by saying the actual content of the show is, at least thus far, damn near flawless. Okay. However, this is what I want. This is what I want to share with you. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty robot, loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legend grew, peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. That's enough. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The original Voltron had one of the best theme songs. Oh. Okay. In all of history. In yes. all of Saturday morning cartoons, the Voltron theme is freaking timeless. Like, it's a legitimately great song. A great theme song. Now, the new music in Voltron is completely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't think of what the theme song to Voltron is right now. I, just, I cannot remember it. It's definitely not that. And when I think of... When I think of... Alright, this show's got a, an amazing pedigree because this is uh, from the people who did uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. And this production company knows how to do some really nice musical cues. Um, but again, like those two shows, I can't really remember specific theme musics like i can't remember any pro- proper melodies i just kind of remember the overall sound of the of the shows and that seems to be the case with voltron as well like the way that the episodes are scored it's uh it's perfect for the situation but you've got an opening how did you not modernize the voltron theme for crying out loud I know it seems like a minor quibble, and and really, on the whole, it is. Um, but that theme song is timeless. Mm-hmm. How did I, they miss that? I, I understand what you're saying, but have you gone back and watched the rest of the show after that theme song? Oh, the original Voltron? Yeah. Hell, yeah, it's, it's not, it does not hold up. Okay. So it does not hold I up at all. I feel that they did right in concentrating on the show <laughs> as opposed... Because, like... Legend of Korra I, I just wanted and, to get that Avatar. Yeah. That those shows are really like they're good shows, whether they yes. be animated or not. And this is this is almost there. Yeah, it's almost on that level. It is a bit more childish, but I mean, then again, the uh, the whole universe itself is a bit more childish. Like, like I just wanted to get that one minor quibble mm-hmm. out of the way because. I'm I'm a huge huge Voltron fan. Um, I loved uh, the the comic runs that they've had. The other Voltron shows, I didn't watch the most recent one before this um, because I didn't have Cartoon Network at the time, uh, and I heard it wasn't all that good. The one before it, the um, 
the 3D one, it was animated similar to like Transformers Beast Wars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That show is ugly as sin, but it's pretty darn good. Right. Um, so like the, the the general Voltron mythology, I I really love the idea of Voltron. And when I heard that Netflix was, you know, DreamWorks was teaming up with Netflix to do more Voltron, I thought, hooray! What what could possibly make me happier? Uh, and then I found out that it was from the people who did Korra and Avatar, and I said, "Oh, that's what could make me happier." <laughs> uh, so, uh, if you're not familiar with the concept of Voltron, it's it's about um, a, a group of human people who uh, have some sort of connection to giant robotic lions, which then form together to form a giant robot, a gianter robot uh, that you know blows up all sorts of bad guys particularly bad guys created by uh king zarkon and his uh witch friend love ass what's her name i have no idea see i keep i keep feeling like i knew these characters names and now i'm getting all screwed up but anyway um the, the it, one of the things I'm really enjoying about this new show is that it, it has all these really great nods to the original uh, show, like the way the screen splits up and all the heads are talking at the same at, at the same time. That's one of my favorite things, and I love the fact that the person who's actually <laughs> who starts talking first, be, right before they do the grid, is the guy in, in the, the middle. middle. Yeah, and then everything <laughs> the conversation builds around it, uh, and you've also got um, which is. Completely unnecessary, but kind of amusing. Every time they transform into Voltron, they have the same canned animation of him oh, transforming yeah. into that, Voltron. What do you mean, unnecessary? <laughs> I want to see the, the yellow, green, red, blue, and black stripes fly up into the sky. I want to see legs fold back. I want to see pistons merge. That's I, Voltron. See, that's, that's the other thing that I love so much about this, is that like in Voltron in particular, you know, when you got the Transformers, like, you would you would take the Transformers figure home and fold up Optimus Prime and be like, well, where wait, where does the whole like back of the big rig go and where does it come from and it doesn't it doesn't quite match up. Voltron always matched up like that thing that toy folded together just like exactly. the on the TV show, and you you still have that in this. Like you look at the way the legs fold in and it's all so practical. It's such an awesome awesome design. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of way, great Hagar. voice actors. Hagar, Hagar, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I haven't heard I haven't heard Zark um, uh, Zarkon refer to her as Hagar yet. I just and I was thinking to myself, witch. did I did I get that confused with He Man in some way, shape, or form? But no, no, no it is Hagar. Hagar, you're right. Anyway, <laughs> anywho's, um, I'm only on episode three. The first episode is like an hour and change or something like that, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. First episode is long, and it's great. I just wasn't expecting it to be that long. And they've infused a lot of really, really good, um, just a really interesting take on the mythology, really you know, fleshing it out, not making it too grown up. Uh, the voice actors are all great. It's, it's got yeah, yeah. comic relief from uh, the guy who played Murray and uh, Flight of the Concords. Um, right, Reeves, uh, Rick Darby. Yeah, Um Pidge is played by uh, the, the Pidge is played by the girl who played Sin in uh, uh, Arrow. Oh, really? <laughs> just, <laughs> okay. Just relentlessly amusing to me, and um, the and and Hunk is played by. Uh, we've talked about him on the show before. The the guy from Reaper, um, Tyler, Tyler yeah. Levine or Levine. 
Yeah, he's it's, it's just it's just shows just great. If you've got any connection to the original series, if it if it if you have fond memories of it, you have to watch this new version. It's just it's just spectacular. It's full of great animation. It's great voice acting. Tons of heart. But even more so, um, if you've got kids like that are looking for a good action series, this is so it. It's it's just so good. It's so smart. It's it's smart. It's fun. It's funny, and it's. Uh, I mean, I guess if I had one small complaint, I mean, it, it's really just. It's not even a complaint, really, because it's it's the source material, and I can't blame them for not changing up the source material. But, I mean, there aren't. There isn't exactly an abundance of strong female characters on the show. Well, uh, Alora, she is the strongest. She is, the, you know, the princess, and she's and... the only one besides Hagar, I guess. Oh, okay. I mean, that I've met. I'm only on episode three. I haven't met anybody else, okay. but I mean, you'll meet someone. That's you'll... cool. That makes me happy. The only because I mean, if I'm comparing this to Korra and Avatar, like, because obviously I'm going to make those connections. Like, they had such a great. Like, I, look, I don't know if this is just because I'm the future father of a daughter, but I want there to be awesome action female characters. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, you know, it's 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 these five dudes who form Voltron, and um, Princess Alora is just kind of like, you know, she's all right, but she's not really striking me as anything more than like a kind of stereotype. She doesn't seem to be being written all that deep so far, and when you compare her to you know, Katara in Avatar or Korra from Korra. I mean, mm-hmm. those are fantastic characters, and they're, I mean, no, I, they did a great job with that kind of equality in Avatar and Korra, and I hope that this show eventually reaches that, because my sister and I used to love Voltron. My sister used to love Voltron just as much as I did, and, like, I want there to be that kind of connect. I want that to be available to my daughter. So, mm-hmm. I fully understand. And it, and it's absolutely a good want to have. The only I had, like I I have I've watched I don't even know how many I I want to say five of them so far. I, the only thing I don't like about the episode episodes is there it's 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 timing I guess because I feel like it ends right before it should. Hmm. I, I don't I I don't you'll like. I don't know so much about like the first, first or second episode, but once you start getting like three, four, five, and it, it is that one like that. I'll all right. I'll watch this one more type of thing. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like they they'll start like uh, they'll start the story at the beginning of the episode. At by the end of the episode, they have finished that story, but they also start a secondary story in the middle that they don't finish, and that sort of carries over into the next episode. But the, mm-hmm. it's not like a, a, a through line either. It's weird. It's just weird pacing for the show. Yeah, but, it's like the show is designed for binge watching because it's Netflix, right. but it's also designed to be episodic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't really know what it's. It doesn't yeah. really know where to land. Um, which I mean, it's a totally understandable thing because it's this is a relatively different medium than what this this studio is used to. I mean, mm-hmm. if you just make the show exactly like. They made their old shows. I mean, yeah. you're not taking advantage of the Netflix format. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like there are in all these chunks of it where I'm thinking like, oh, a commercial would go there because there are no oh, commercial yeah. breaks. No, it's Netflix. You paid for it. Yeah. Um, 
Fantastic show. And it looks beautiful. The art style is is great. It does, but it needs that theme song for Brian. <laughs> come on, guys. Just just come play on. it for yourself, okay? <laughs> I will. I'm going to mute the theme song every single time because there's, there's opening credits. I'm muted every time and just da 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 Yeah. See, I only listened to the theme song once, and then every subsequent episode, I fast forward. Yeah, I don't trust my internet connection for fast uh, forwarding. No, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but I mean, like, I so there's a lot of this kind of you know older stuff being revived, and when I think of like you know, another really great uh, '80s cartoon revival, uh, the current series of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. they did a great job of modernizing the original theme song for that. Um, in their own sort of way. I don't personally love it, but I appreciate it a lot. I'm I'm just I'm so completely flabbergasted by the fact that they didn't even <laughs> attempt at reusing that theme song. Like they're clearly fans of Voltron. Like these <laughs> the people involved in this were clearly fans of the original. I just I cannot wrap my head around it. It's completely perplexing. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. But other than that, it's a fantastic show. <laughs> Truly. If any of you are looking for a last-minute birthday present for Chris, perhaps somebody <laughs> out there, one of our listeners, wants to uh, to make their own version of the Voltron song and send it to us. That would be the awesomest thing ever. Send, send me your uh, banjo covers of the Voltron theme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ollie, are you listening? Ah. <laughs> uh. Okay, now it's my turn. Now I need to open up this this window because I'm going to do my best to remember and use proper names for this show. Because I'm it's using... the bastard bowl. Yeah. Well, I'm like as I'm rem- remembering it in my head, I'm like okay, th- I couldn't remember Grey Worm, so I was gonna I was gonna go Captain No Balls and hope that you would re- realize who I'm talking about, but. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna use proper terminology and proper names, and here we go. Game of Thrones, Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> okay, this is can I, the. Can I, can I just break real quick before sure. you jump in there? Can I just say that about this episode is that they got the fluff out of the way right in the beginning, and the fluff for this episode was dragon. Yeah, the fluff was the <laughs> fluff. Like. This is what you're in for when you start this episode. Like, well, they're getting this right out of the way. Like, oh yeah, this is this is the weak sauce compared to what we got cooking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, All right. So the normal. I think we're not wrong. <laughs> the normal Game of Thrones episode usually involves more than two storylines. I can only remember two in this episode. Okay. That's because there really only were two. Yeah, there was kind of two and a half. You know, the whole Theon bit and his sister well, kind of started to converge I, okay. a little bit. I was counting that as really... part of the first storyline. Exactly. Okay. It's, so, it, that's that's two storylines converging more or less. Okay. So uh, we have Daenerys and Tyrion and Grey Worm and Masandi. What the way the episode left previous to this, the the they they were being attacked by the um, rulers, the, the, the masters. masters. By the people who they, they made a pact they with. They literally saying, made a pact you with You got it. seven years to quit being slave-owning shitheads, 
and uh, figure you know, it, it out. Nice We're giving you this amount of time. And they came and said no, and they started throwing fireballs <laughs> at the pyramid. Uh, that at the end of that episode is when Daenerys shows up again, riding her big bed dragon. So, and uh, my complaint at the end of that previous episode was like. How hard would it have been to CG in a little fire in the background coming out of the dragon just to show, like, yeah, the dragon's taking care of business. Like, oh. we don't need to worry about it. Oh. And apparently, I was just a little impatient because they <laughs> yeah. didn't do that so that this week they could do this. <laughs> so, um, Daenerys, like, they, they start off right where the last episode ended, and she is still doing the walk in from the window because she didn't take the front door. Um, and she's like, I'm, I'm going to kill every one of these motherfuckers. Now, I'm not going to kill only them. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill their families. I'm going to destroy their towns. I'm going to beat up their dogs. Everybody's going to die. <laughs> I'm going to destroy this city <laughs> if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Just to kill these assholes. <laughs> and Tyrion, being the diplomat that he is, he's like, um, hmm, can I maybe suggest another idea? And he... <laughs> well, I, it, it was a little bit deeper than that because... This is something that I, I at least had forgotten about quite a bit um, as far as really in relation to Daenerys's character is that, you know, she is a Targaryen and she is a descendant of the Mad King. Right. And Tyrion was pointing out, that's what your father would have done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need to be better than that. And she agreed with him. And, like, I really respected the fact that, oh, well, yeah, it was it was to an extent begrudgingly, but it was also, like... She's smart enough to realize that, yes, yeah, she did come back at, like, the most, the, the worst possible moment uh, for all this shit going down. But she also is smart enough to realize that Tyrion really isn't doing a bad job and that he has, he has intelligence that she can use. Mm -hmm. Like, he has a brain that she does not have. And she recognizes that. And it's, it's a great... It was such a great character moment between the two of them. I really, really liked that conversation. I, I, I'm glad we're getting those character moments, seeing as his buddy is, you know, has gone away. I felt that they were going to just take Tyrion and, and push him off a little bit, but they seem to be throwing him right into the head of all of the, this whole storyline. Um, he he convinces her to, in a way, parlay with, with the Masters, and giving them well okay they present it as the masters and Daenerys and, and Tyrion are, are meeting so that Daenerys can um you know accept defeat surrender and they're like oh oh no I'm sorry you misunderstood <laughs> we're giving you the chance to surrender and these three I pricks. love that as a move. Just like, <laughs> no, no, you don't get it. These, <laughs> you don't understand what's going on here. You are fighting dragons with fire. Do well, you not realize how badly this is? See, You're throwing fire at a lady who can't get burned. The <laughs> fuck are you doing? They don't know that the dragon is really there yet because it's just the people's. Okay, and these three pricks are all like, oh, big broad on top of the mountain. We're not going to take this shit. And then the dragon swoops in, you know, gets up on, on top of this peak, walks down all fucking beautifully lizard-like, and Daenerys proceeds to climb on top and then 
fly out over this armada that is mercilessly <laughs> throwing lo- fireballs. Those three slaves just like, now if you excuse me, I got to go take care of. Pardon something. me. <laughs> and as 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 the, the this. I think it was Dro. What is it, Drogo? No, it's not Drogo. Drogon. Drogon is the Drogon main is one. the dragon. Yeah, as he's taking off and starting his flight, you see the other two dragons bust the fuck out of their little dungeon area. The other two dragons that Tyrion freed and made friends with. So <laughs> yay! So now it's all three of them. Back. All three of them flying around, and you can see that. Like, the fireballs start to slow down because everybody is, like, mesmerized by these fucking dragons flying in the air. And all three of the dragons go over. I don't know what made them pick this specific ship, but they're hovering over one particular boat. And she says that whatever that magic word is that she uses. Dracaris. Which means Burn the ever-living fuck out of that boat. <laughs> because we have <laughs> we have a friend who loves the show, and Daenerys is her favorite favorite character, and she loves the dragons. And like every time they do something awesome, we're just like, "What is Sarah doing right now?" She's like standing on her couch, cheering and like holding her cat in the air like a dragon. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it what okay. The amount of fire that came out of one dragon was easily enough to destroy that ship. But they tripled down and, like, destroyed it. They just really wanted to prove the point. And they did. Meanwhile, <laughs> back at the pyramid. <laughs> um, Grey Worm and, 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 and Tyrion are now left to talk to the Masters. And they're like, okay, we're not going to kill all of you. We're going to kill one of you. And you guys get to decide. And ready, go. And then... Quickly, two of the pricks push this one guy out in front saying, like, he's the commoner. He's not one of us. He doesn't speak for us. And that guy, if I'm not mistaken, starts to cry because he's on his knees. And Grey Worm walks up, looks him dead in the face, and does this ninja-like swoop with that knife sword thing that he has and slices the other two masters. They drop like the dead. So Tyrion, the third man, <laughs> will not be screwing with with them anymore. And the third, no, the third I guy believe, pissed, pissed I, I himself. Believe Chris, yes, what what Chris's Chris's joke was that that man's pants are no longer unsullied. Oh, <laughs> uh, the case of the unsullied pants. Um, then, like a baller, fucking Tyrion walks up to him and. In a little more flowery terms, he says, go home, tell them what you've seen. That's pretty much it. Tell this tale. because. And by the way, <laughs> thanks for the ships. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were in the market for some boats. These thanks are my boats now. Um, <laughs> to finish up this storyline, we have, at it was last episode, right, where Theon and his sister set out to go. Was that last episode? It was one or two prior to this. Yeah. Theon's uncle. They made it there fast. Yeah. Theon and Yara had to run from home from the Iron Isles because their uncle came back. He's now king and he wants to kill them. So Uncle McLogo Pants decided <laughs> he was going to drown and become the, the wet fish king or whatever yeah. the hell. That's such a Convinced weird Convinced everybody process. else that Yara was not fit to lead, <laughs> took all the boats and said, let's kill some motherfuckers. So they you bounced. make an excellent point about how fast they got there. Like, 
for show like if it's really that fast for them to get from Westeros to Marine, like then it seems awfully suspicious that like all Daenerys has wanted to do for like three seasons is get back there and she just hasn't been yet. It's like, yo, apparently well, it doesn't take that taking, long. She's got a lot of things to take care of on her way. Um, she's got a lot of slaves to free, ooh, I get which it. I, I also forgot, whilst all of the fire dragony ship destroying was going on, her brothers from like the all the Targaryens the Dothraki sh- horde. The Dothraki fucking just come and destroy everybody. Like yeah, all the, the sons, sons of the harpy. Of the harpy. Oh my all God. those, all those assholes. <laughs> Boy, I almost forgot about them. And then they're out there murdering all the common folk and whatnot. Oh, and then all of that a was awesome. The Dothraki horde comes in, and it was just a like, wave well, of Dothraki. We had a good run. <laughs> so that happened. But now Theon and Yara are planning to go, you know, make a pact with Daenerys. So we get a quick little. I, I it was a little back and forth. It was kind of entertaining between Yara. And Daenerys, uh, Yara's saying, you know, let's team up. We, I'll help you get your throne. Just let me have my Iron Isles. And she's like, okay. And that's over. But no more raping and pillaging. And she's like, like oh, come on. Action. It's what we do. And she's like, no. No that's our way of raping life. and pillaging. <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> that is our I, way I of life. I also like the uh, flavor of, like, because Tyrion and Theon have met before. And now, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Theon's coming to him sort of on bended knee. And he's like, gets to make all these, like, oh, you used to make a bunch of fucking short jokes about me. Ha <laughs> 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 bitch. I also, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about the fact that, I mean, Tyrion was clearly, like, Oh yeah, look who's in charge now. And thinking that Theon, you know, had murdered the Starks and that he hadn't paid mm-hmm. for what he's done. And yeah, I mean, has. I think Theon's paid pretty yeah, thoroughly for what he's he done. He's I paid. mean, and he was like, "Oh, you're still alive." Like, yeah, well, you don't know what's going on uh, inside <laughs> of what's left of Theon here. But it was also really fun to see just that whole exchange about how. Um, uh, she, Daenerys just immediately assumed that Theon was asking for leadership, and he's just like, "No, I'm asking for her leadership." Yeah, like, he's not. She's he the right says, one for the job. I'm not fit to be ruler. And exactly. Like that. That sort of, I guess, won her heart to to let them do what they needed to do. It certainly won everyone in the room's respect. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That was it. Was it was a great move on their part. All right. So that ends that storyline. Now, the bastards. Okay, we have. It was set up that Jon Snow is going to attack Ramsay because he want they want Winterfell back. So Sansa Stark and Jon Snow have gathered this large group of people, primarily made up of wildlings, to go and 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 fight. Ramsey. Now, it's not a very big army. Uh, Apparently, it's like half, maybe a third of the size of Ramsey's forces. But they spent a lot of time trying to get people onto their side to no avail. A lot of people said no. One person who said yes only had like 63 people, which I thought was a weird number. Um, Yeah, but that girl was awesome. Yeah, that little kid was awesome. Um, And Sansa's just like, John, don't do this. You don't have enough men. And John's just like, I'm taking Winterfell back. And Sansa's like, look, 
Well, it was right after they had. <laughs> yet there was another parlay where Ramsey is saying, you know, you're not going to win this. I'm, this is, I got this. You, you should just leave. Okay, go away. Um, I have your brother. Are you going to, you know, you're going to watch your little brother die type of thing. And Ramsey is really, really smart. Even though he is a sadistic motherfucker, he is really smart. And he knows what he needs to do or the buttons to push to get the reactions that he wants from people. So that oh, yeah. that he, little parlay he, that they had is, in essence, trying to get John to make the wrong choices. which And he played him like a harp from hell. Yeah, and Sansa knows this, and she just... She knows, okay, like she she presents the problem but has no resolution. So John still continues on his normal path. This is or, or the planned path. Um, well, she has a resolution, but she's not she's willing not telling to tell him. John I, and said resolution because that resolution comes at a price. A considerable price, and that is the other most evil character in all of Game of Thrones, Peter Baelish. Yeah. And I still am 50-50 on him. I don't hate him yet. I don't like him. I definitely don't like him. But he hasn't he hasn't gone up the the list of hating yet. Um So anywho, they're now they, they come up with this plan. We're gonna we're gonna dig some trenches um so that we they can't get around us and hopefully they'll charge in. If they do, we will. I, I mean, we will be protected, so they can't get. They can't flank us. Good yeah. plan. Okay. The, the the plan is <laughs> let them come to us. Yes, that and swear to God, I'm just gonna say that the key to this plan is patience. So, big big circle guys, lots of lots of wildlings, and lots more of the others. Lots of, I mean, the, the the Bolton army is gigantic, and all it took was Ramsey walking, walking. Actually, he was riding up first, and he's got a, a rope in his hand that's obviously tied to someone. Gets off his horse, proceeds to drag the little brother out. Um, Rickon, 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 which uh, Rickon, which plot device Stark. Yeah, which I yeah, mean, that little kid known fact. God damn Rickon <laughs> Rickon is a uh, a Westerosi name meaning can cannon fodder. Yes, yes. I felt bad for the kid. I mean, you know, they took him off the show for a couple of seasons and then only brought him back to use him this way. Um Sansa knew this shit from the get go. She called it. She yeah, was she like, said, Look, We're not he's gone. He we're not is, gonna see him again. He's not coming back. Yeah. Like we're in, and John's like, No, we can't give up on him and Sansa's like Listen, you don't understand. Ramsey is the fucktest. <laughs> the fucktest. Beyond the like, fuck. anything you can imagine. He's like, oh, I fought worse than Ramsey on the other side of the wall. Like, well, you fought more dangerous than Ramsey on the other side of the wall. You have not fought more diabolical than Ramsey. Yeah. Because there is no more diabolical than Ramsey. He is a twirling mustache away from <laughs> Satan himself. <laughs> and and he, also his his uh his lore is Rickon, who is not even smart enough to run in a fucking zigzag. Yeah, so like, it's okay. like straight line. That's that's okay, we gotta let that go because had he zigzagged, we wouldn't have gotten to this point. He pulls him out. He, he, he 
Uh, Ramsey says, we're going to play a little game. You see your brother over there? Just run to him. That's it. That's the game. And he starts to walk away. So, oh, no, no, no. Remember the rules. You got to run. And the kid starts trotting. Not a really a full sprint. And definitely in as straight of a line as he possibly could have. That's when John sees this happening. He he hops on his horse and starts riding out to meet him. Um, which, in turn, Ramsey goes and grabs his giant bow and arrow and starts letting loose I, they have to, at him. I mean, yeah. it have to be football field lengths. You know, the first one lands a couple of feet or a couple of yards to the left, a couple of yards to the right, and the kid is still running in a goddamn straight line. <laughs> They're, you know, closer and closer and closer. John is, I mean, like, just shy of arm's distance, and Rick and gets you know, one. If it's one dude shooting an arrow at one dude. Right. So you're the dude running away from the arrow. You look up at the sky while you're running in this. Like, you're not going to run into anything, okay? There's nothing, nothing in there. front of you except for an army, like yeah. yards and yards ahead. So you're running. You look above your head. You see where the arrow is going. You go another direction. Yeah. Like he can't shoot. That he's not an automatic. I was yelling or serpentine at the screen. <laughs> serpentine. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of memes out there. I just put one in our Slack chat actually of just like zigzag. Damn it, Rickon. <laughs> He's shooting where he thinks you're going to be, so be somewhere else. Don't be there. So, Rickon gets it, which <coughs> enrages, like we all expected, John snaps, starts charging, which in turn the wildlings follow. They start charging. I mean, I think Davos sends a couple of people, even though both Davos and, and Tormund are like, no, don't. Don't, don't, yes. son of a bitch, you did John, it. no. John, no. <laughs> John, <Okay>. yes. <laughs> so, which in turn, the, the fucking, the, the, the Ramsey's army comes out. They all meet in center field. The, one of the most vicious battle scenes I've, I've ever seen, especially on this show. Like, they took this way up on, like, to the next level. And the, the just the gorgeousness of it all. It's so well choreographed. I have never seen a battle scene shot like that before. Yeah, same here. And and the fact that it just didn't it end. just keeps hammering home the sheer unadulterated luck that kept Jon Snow alive yeah. during the whole process. Yeah. Now it I can't, I can't luck. remember when it happens. I think it was after the shield incident. Like there's there's a scene there's a, a point where uh Ramsey's forces encircle everybody with i think it was three or four it was three or four circles but each circle was lined with men with shields and men with really long spears so even yeah. if you busted through the first guy with the shield there was another guy right behind him with a shield and they just kept you know creeping in the and circle making, just got like, tighter and tighter, tighter, and tighter. On them. yeah and at one point in time the giant busts through a couple of people and there is this huge mound of bodies on one side of them from like the main battle area, forces come oh, like Rams. Some of Ramsey's forces come up over that wall. They start going back to. I mean, there is a scene where John is is trapped, and like I'm starting to get tight chested now as I'm thinking about it. Where he is being, like he's being crushed to death, crushed by to death by dead bodies. And the visual was I could have made it through. It was the fact that he was gasping 
for air. Like he like as if he was underwater. It made it so visceral. Now, it looks like all hope is lost. And then Littlefinger and his army shows up. There I is- really before like before Littlefinger shows up, like I really we, you know, people were talking about this all week. Oh, it's going to be a battle of the bastards. Who's going to win? And there was a lot of, you know, well, why would they bring Jon Snow back from the dead just to, like, kill him again? That'd be dumb. By the time they this battle got so desperate right before mm-hmm. Littlefinger showed up, I'm like, are they really going to kill him? They might really kill him. They, like, had, they had that I, scene. I, I would have bought it. Like They had the scene where he was sitting there with the, the, the Red Witch. And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I brought you back. Maybe I brought you back just so that you could get to here and die. I don't know why I was able to do that. Like, they, and they instilled that notion that there is the possibility we may lose John this week. Yeah, that, that that's the thing about this show is like, no, nobody's safe. Not no. not even if you bring them back from the dead. So so Peter and his forces come barreling through like they just. <laughs> Like All fucking Gandalf the, oh and God. the writers of the Rohirrim. They just, okay, they break through everything, and it's John, it's the giant, and it was it? Um, Tormund. Was it Tormund? Yeah, Those Tormund three. was with him. And they, they see that Ramsay has decided, I don't want to be here anymore, so he turns his heads <laughs> back to the castle. So Run away! <laughs> they take off... Um, the jo- and seriously, I, like Ramsey's on a horse, and they're like right on his ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they they get back into the castle. They close the castle doors, in which the giant like tears that tore right off of its hinges, like nothing but twigs and splinters left. Um, Have you met our giant? This yeah. is what he's for. <laughs> like this is what. He, like, why did you even close that door? That's he a perfectly a- good door, and now it's do- now it's gone. Now it's gone. He is a giant pincushion by the time he gets through the door. The amount of arrows that are sticking out of this poor beast's body is horrible. Um, but the scene where, like, there's a, a John and, and Tormund come in. They're looking at the giant who's on his knees, like, taking his last breaths. You're, like, you're expecting... I really wanted him to say, like, you go type of thing, like... Go save your brother or your fat whatever. And what happens is he gets a, the final arrow in his goddamn eye because that motherfucker Ramsey just won't leave well enough alone. John snaps and uh, it, it, it's like that was so <laughs> awesome. It's like a shield, and he's like, "I got bow and arrow. I'm gonna shoot you." And he's just like, "I no, you're not going to shoot no. me. I'm going to block every one of these arrows." Yeah. Every one of them. And you them. see they come out like eight <laughs> inches on the inside of the shield. Like, it wasn't like they just bounced off. Like, you saw there was a problem. Yeah. But this is like, the thing. At the at, at During the parlay, John says, hey, let's do this man-to-man. As opposed to having all of our men fight, we'll just it'll just be us. And winner takes all. And Ramsey says, no, I don't know if I can beat you, but I know my army can beat you. So, go fuck. I, I'm, I'm, we're we're, we're going to de- We're going to destroy you. And now, they he the the situation presents itself again where he's like, okay, I've changed my mind, let's do this man to man, and we're gonna fight because you look like you've been warmed over with a goddamn cinder block, and I've just been riding a horse for the past hour, so I think I could take you. 
And that's not the case. John destroys him. Mm-hmm. The the squishy sounds of fist oh, hitting face. So delicious. Were awesome. Um that is when Sansa comes onto the scene and like John is on top of Ramsey just beating the ever living snot out of him and makes eye contact with Sansa. He sort of he just he he backs off. This is when we flash over to Ramsey tied to a chair in what looks like a, a cell of some sort. So, and, and Sansa's on the other side of the bars, and he's like, so is this where I'm going to be staying for, for forever? And they have their little interaction, and it turns out that we find out earlier in the episode that Ramsay has starved his hounds for seven days, so they are just ravenous right now. So the theory is, hey, we're going to feed you to your own dogs, and he's like, yep, nope, not going to happen. They're loyal, dumb animals. They will never, ever, ever. <coughs> As one of the dogs bites his face, he ate the dude's face. And it yep. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It was, it was there were, perfect. Everything was awesome. Like, everything in this episode was awesome. The, the 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 only Sansa's smile as she walked away. Yeah, and it was really in shadows too. Like you had to pay attention and look to see that she was smiling. The only problem I had with this episode is I'm not hundred and ten percent what they're gonna do for the the season finale. <laughs> like that was well, a I mean, season that's finale Game episode. Of Thrones history right there. It's always episode nine. Yes. Yes. But there's well, usually we... some what is left? Uh King's Landing. There's a lot of shit to resolve in King's oh, Landing yes, right there now. Is. That's true. That's We've true. got an undead mountain. We've got the hound back. I mean, yeah, there's okay. all right, there's all right, questions floating all around, all okay. around. So yeah, and not only that, like I mean, I don't think they're gonna do anything about it in the finale, but it, it, they're probably gonna set it up. Um, that we know Cersei is no big fan of Sansa, and Sansa and her brothers just uh, just won back their home. Yep. And Jamie, Jamie's too far away, so uh, that they're they're oh. probably gonna end up in some shit there. Well, there you go with uh, Lannisters versus Starks. What is that? Is that episode nine of the season? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, next week's the finale. The finale. Before yeah. what? Next next season is the last season, right? Allegedly, yeah. Is that true? That's what I heard. Okay. That's what I heard as well. You're all smart. I am not. All right. Let's take a quick break. Uh, When we get back, we're going to talk the BBC phenomenality that is Orphaned Black. Stay tuned. Geekade is going to too many games this weekend, which is the weekend of June 24th through the 26th. And it is one of the biggest video game conventions on the East Coast. Too Many Games is an endless bounty of games, music, and fun. What fun am I talking about? Well, the Stone Age Gamer Podcast's panel on Saturday night is certainly a good start. If you're in the Philadelphia area and you're looking for something cool to do this weekend, head over to TooManyGames.com and buy your tickets today. Hunter Wilde has been a busy man, what with his weekly Game of Thrones recaps. But he can always find time for alcohol, and that's exactly what he did when he donned his imbibing scribe hat this month. It seems that he had a particularly daunting brew to discuss this time, though, 
as his beer of choice this time around was not something he expected to enjoy very much. Was he dead on the money or pleasantly surprised? Find out in The Imbibing Scribe. Narragansett presents Dell's Shandy. I do a lot of things, and this week watching and talking about an episode of The Twilight Zone was one of them. Submitted for your approval was kind enough to let me join them this week to talk about another excellent episode of one of the coolest TV shows of all time. Don't miss Submitted for Your Approval, episode 24, Long Live Walter Jameson, with special guest, me. On a very special episode of the Stone Age Gamer podcast, the very special SAG crew hosted some very special guests in the form of Square Painter and Tiny Ninja. Good times were had by all but mostly Chris, who spent an inordinate amount of time reminiscing about stories of game collecting. But there was plenty of talk about the latest E3 news, this weekend's Too Many Games convention, and all the awesome artwork Square Painter and Tiny Ninja create. Be sure to listen to the Stone Age Gamer podcast, episode 104, Send a Unicorn to the Glue Factory. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for checking out our commercials. All right, let's dive. Yeah, I, did we talk about this show recently? Yeah. Okay. People know what the premise is. Let's just talk finale. Let's, let's just let's just talk finale now. As I said to you guys before we started recording, I'm not caught up, and I refused to skip ahead to watch the final episode because I felt like I would have been lost, and I did not want to not enjoy the episode. Now, as you both know, I have no problems with spoilers whatsoever. But I can't be very much help. I am going to be listening to the two of you chat about how good this show is. So, what happened? Uh, <laughs> this is all... Pr- I, 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 this is going to be Karen Correct me if I'm wrong time. Uh, I'm pretty sure the bulk of this took place in the island of Dr. Moreau, right? Okay. Yeah, I think pretty so. pretty much like the siege on island of Dr. Moreau, Rachel... Uh, attempting to reclaim like basically reclaiming power over knee illusion and being like well i played everybody the way i wanted to play everybody and now i'm a bond villain with a (laughs) fake eye and a walking cane and like if there was ever even the the tiniest thought that there was going to be redemption for rachel then uh that that is gone now because uh yeah no no no. rachel is a is 100 percent evil just just bad um uh, Delphine is most assuredly alive, and um, we f- finally get a little bit of a reunion between her and Cosima in this episode. And um, uh, let's see, uh, she's all man. What was the Sarah? They sent Sarah to the island to meet up with Rachel. Um, Rachel goes berserk and uh, attempts to kill old lady, who <laughs> just won't die <laughs> yes she rachel uh attempts to kill susan duncan yeah susan duncan yes the old lady and uh it's did susan duncan just flat out refuses to be dead like stabs her in the stomach she's bleeding to death she's sitting there on the kitchen floor trying to sew herself back up like this lady and then like sarah gets there and she's like laying there on the ground and uh uh what's it um rachel sneaks up on her somehow or whatever and yeah, uh, so Sarah went to the island because they figured out Rachel was up to That's some right, yeah. shit. So Sarah's, like, on a mission, on, like, a secret mission to, like, go
go fucking stop Rachel. And she comes upon like this pool of blood and this trail leading away from it. That's how she gets down to the basement to the lab where she finds Susan Duncan in a chair trying to sew herself up like from a like stab wound in the stomach. And she just completely like surprises Sarah and just beats the crap out of her with her cane and stabs her in the leg and shit. Yeah, that was that was painful. And like also and it just constantly occurs to me while I'm watching this show because I'll forget and I'll forget and I'll forget and then I'll be like, holy shit, that's the same person. Yeah, they stage this awesome fight scene between the same person. I don't know. I don't know what the special effect is called, but it's when they put this, you know, a duplicate of them, mm-hmm. you know, the same person on screen. This show does it better than some fucking multi-million dollar movies. Like, yeah, and they do it just, week in and week seems. out. Every week it happens. And sometimes you'll see it where, like, you know, someone will move out of the way just a little too much, you know, to compensate. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, nine <clears throat> times out of the ten, it's perfect. Last season, at the end, there was a scene where they had all the clones in the same room having a at little dance table. party. Yeah, <laughs> And a, a lot of people complained about that, like, that they didn't they didn't get it right with that many clones in the room, but... I think any criticism this show took for that is completely destroyed by this fight scene. <laughs> yeah. This is totally amazing. Yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. <clears throat> but um, uh yeah, go go ahead. Take, Susan take over Susan for me. got a hold of Sarah's gun um and obviously was too uh, incapacitated to to be able to actually shoot Rachel, but it did allow Sarah to be able to get away. Yeah. Uh. And I hope you weren't looking for any closure on that because there was none. Uh. Sarah Sarah made it to a beach. The end. Uh. Um, <clears throat> she was also supposed to be there to rescue Kasima, who was, uh, you know, once they used their research to uh, to get what Rachel needed to, you know, do her hostile takeover of Neolution, they locked Kasima in, like one of in the the basement room that that. Rachel used to be locked in and I didn't really wasn't really clear on how she got out like how the door got open the little girl showed up right I, I didn't know if the little girl opened it like yeah, she opened the door and was like we got to go to the beach <laughs> oh that's right Susan like told her to get Cosima and go yeah and Cosima took a sample of the research before she left like a sample of the cure uh-huh. before they left and the two of them left together because uh they showed like uh, in the in the book of Neat the the founding book of Neolution or whatever the Neolution fucking Bible mm-hmm. whatever the shit it is had a map of the island in it, and then there were also some of the little girls' paintings in the room that showed a map like the same map but with like more information like there's a cluster of huts over here in the north and there's a boat over this way on the west and it's basically the island from lost and stay away from the others <laughs> it looked suspiciously like england to me um <laughs> every once in a while as i'm watching the show i forget that they're in in england most of the time like well, all of a sudden, I'll that, see them like the, handing out money. I'm like, oh, that's that's those aren't dollars. Ah. I think they're actually supposed to be in Canada. That's what I thought. Well, with the, yeah. the episodes that I am watching currently, like the end of last season and the beginning of this season, they were. Yeah, they did do some stuff in in England yeah. last year. Yeah, I just anyway, I forget that it's not a, an American show. 
the point is they had enough um info Kasima and the little girl had enough information that they knew like where to get to to get to a boat and like get away from Rachel and her crazy <laughs> Rachel and her crazy and uh and thus they did they they I mean Kasima was still sick she hadn't gotten the cure and she had this little 12 year old girl with her so like and they're like running away in the night in the freezing cold with no resources or help or anything so they kind of end up collapsing and then being like stumbled upon by uh the the dude that rachel had been seeing in her visions uh who is like i guess the original founder yeah, of neolution apparently like a couple hundred years old or some crazy crap like that who knows very interesting creepy looking dude he has delphine like they, she wakes up in this camp, and Delphine is there, and I'm like, I'm so glad I found you. These people are fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm gonna be your doctor. Seriously, these people are crazy. <laughs> and um, so they're having this like kind of like half secret talk, and then she's like, eh, Our research paid off. We got the cure. And like, yay! So you assume that Delphine's but we gonna be alright. We can't tell anyone. Exactly. We can't tell anyone because I don't know if you heard me, but these. <laughs> so they're like keeping that part secret but um so yay uh uh Cosima is uh, theoretically gonna get better and probably yeah, the she... little girl too who knows she wasn't there at the end of the episode for whatever yeah they kind of just like as soon as Delphine showed up they were like hey little girl come over here and be away from the plot <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah so as far as island clones Cosima is going to get cured but she is possibly trapped in a uh you know a clan of crazy people of neolutionists and sarah is heavily injured and on a beach by herself with god knows what's gonna happen to her because like she showed up on a helicopter and i don't know what happened to that helicopter but it does not appear to be there anymore it does not appear to be helicoptering anywhere near her (laughs) meanwhile in canada (laughs) oh my goodness this show is so good I, i um I, I, I don't remember, like, how Allison and Donnie ended up on... Like, I know... I was, uh... Um, man, who was... I mean... Uh, somebody was attacking them. Uh, Neolution sent... Um, that's right. Sent some heavies after them to, like, try and find out what Sarah's plan was. This wasn't in the finale, though, I think, that moment. Or was it? Yeah, with the... the with Helena coming out of retirement i guess so so go, go ahead so they're they, you know things are looking bad they're getting ready to kill donnie or uh donnie's hogtied on the floor and they're like gonna kill allison or whatever and then elena busts down the door with a bow and arrow and just shoots the guy through the head or whatever it's amazing how skillful she is with so many different types of weaponry yeah, it was really... Uh, he looks it, down at Donnie and says, what, you look like a pig or something? You look like a roast pig. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a shame that, um, to me, that Helena was out of commission so much of the season. It made sense for the story because Hel- Helena has a you know a certain sp- a set of skills, like much like <laughs> Liam Neeson in Taken. Uh, and those skills are not best used while pregnant, so, you know, she couldn't be in there kicking ass and taking names the whole time. But I just wish, I wish they had found something else to do with her besides, let's send her off to the woods for a couple episodes. Yeah. But either way, it was a nice, uh, returning moment. And, um, oh, what's-his-face, uh, 
has um, Mrs. S and uh, Ferdinand Kira. Yeah, Ferdinand shows back up and and has a uh, Mrs. S and Kira captive, and that's pretty much it. Like this was not a season finale. This was like it just fucking stopped. You're like, it's you're like, like Wait, everybody's what? fucked. <laughs> Rachel's won. Everybody's fucked, and it, like it's just in the middle of everything. Like, it, I c- can't even call it a cliffhanger. It was just like, it was like the rest of the episode was missing. It's just, <laughs> it was a dick move, guys. But the next season is the last season. We finally have what's theoretically our big bad, the guy in charge of all of uh, the Neolution cloning, the whole nine yards, the whole shebang, the whole kit, and the whole caboodle. Yeah, right. and that that guy seems to have accept, like, accepted Rachel by the end of the episode. Yeah. So, uh, if they do this, I feel like they do this every season where it's like, oh, you spent the whole season fighting us, but guess what? We're not really the big bad, it's these other guys. And this is like, okay, this is the fifth time you've done it now. Yeah. <laughs> and And the only reason you can't do it again is because there's only one more season. There are no more people left. <laughs> <laughs> but damn if this show isn't awesome it's just so good it's, I mean we're we're watching I'm 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 working on catching up on iZombie and we're watching the crap out of that but uh we had to take a break for for catching up on Orphan Black and it was worth every second of it like yeah it's just, this whole season has been great yeah. uh Crystal for fucking president yeah I love yeah. Crystal <laughs> uh what else yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm, there's some things I'm whatever about, like, Delphine is back. Woo! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not a huge Delphine fan. Whatever. I do want to know where the hell Cal is, though. Like, I know. He's on Game of Thrones. I know. But, like, they mentioned him once at the beginning of the season. Oh, he's out of the country right now. And never again. Never again. Like biggest plot device i've ever seen like oh this guy was convenient to have around for one season but now he's toast <laughs> we're just not gonna bother well, he had prior engagements what can i tell you <sighs> yeah he's off making a shit ton of money being hot on game of thrones so <laughs> what is this true is what he's doing yeah um, so our advice to you, Evan, is watch the shit out of this show. And now that there's not the pressure of like trying to get it watched before we talk about it on the sh- on the podcast, yeah, you should th- be able to enjoy it. <laughs> I, and you see, but that was the thing. Like, I, I watched this. Is this is the last show that I watched? You know, right before I fall asleep. And like I was saying, I, I get like one and a half in, and then I fall asleep, and then I got to start over the second one so I could you know fully understand what. Because the, there's a lot of information passing every uh-huh. one of these episodes so if you start missing something there's no catching up again because they keep moving they really did a good job though this season of like there was a lot of information but everything made sense and you mm-hmm. understood it as long as you're paying attention yes. you can you can keep you can follow it yeah i mean these are these are shorter seasons so i i, I don't even remember i got i have to start my netflix was it netflix no this was on my iTunes account. I have to start to see which ones I've fully watched through to, to realize what episode I'm on because I, I don't I don't remember anymore. Like there's like I it, this they blend together so well to create one seamless story that it doesn't seem episodical. Mm-hmm. And you know I couldn't say I'm on episode three of this season because I I don't know. 
I feel like is 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 Max Headroom still around? The doctor. What? The, the guy who played Max Headroom in the original New Doctor Leaky? Yes. No, Donnie killed him. Okay. <laughs> that no, was no, a while that was, ago. That was like there was season two. That was long time. See, ago. okay, but this season starts off with the flashback. Oh yeah. So that's yeah, no, where I'm at. I'm I'm at the beginning. I don't even know if they came if I came out of the flashback yet. So, yeah, that went for a couple episodes. But right. Yeah. No. That's so he. That's dumb. what I'm saying. I I like him. I wanted him to stay around for a couple of episodes. No. No. <laughs> um, the only other thing I could say about the season, and it's said every season, is that Tatiana Maslany deserves an Emmy, and this season, for Cosima, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like she did an amazing job with that that Sestra in particular. Yeah. Yeah, that, agreed. All the characters, all the characters that she plays are done very very well. Just the fact that she can do all of them is an accomplishment in and of itself, but Cosima in particular was was just had the greatest scenes. And and they're all fleshed out characters. Don't I don't want people thinking that that's just like she's putting on different accents and wearing different clothes. Like they like I feel like they all have different personality. Like they are different people. Yeah. yeah. You know what you I mean? Forget. There are you no forget. two that are just flat out the same person or even similar people. Whatever happened to the the clone that was like a dude more or less? I think he was just there for like one episode. They were like, "We're just gonna do this to show that we could do it." Like that was he did probably the least believable clone that they did. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, you know, that's funny. A for effort. <laughs> I was just wondering, like, where that one went after this. You know what? I want to know where the clone. Like, what like, MK seemed like? Yeah, I was surprised she didn't come back for the finale. Yeah, they once they introduce a clone, with the exception of the one who is transgender, they tend to like keep that clone in the story somehow. And her, she just like she did her thing, and then she disappeared, and was like, "Oh, I mean, that was okay. kind of her thing was to do her thing and disappear." But I, I think we'll see MK again. I think we'll see which one was MK. I think she'll show back up. She's she the was... one in the sheep mask. What? Oh, she was, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Helping out Beth and you whatnot. You probably haven't seen too much of her yet. I, I, I you will. Okay, because I saw, I saw the scene where, ooh, Beth. That's the original. Yeah. The the way where all this story started. Beth is, sees what's going on with the implants and all that stuff, and she ends up shooting the Asian woman in the alley. Yeah. And when that happened, I really for a split second thought it was MK, and I'm like. If this is flashback, this is not information that was given out that one clone knew about the others and that they they're already they killed each other like and then I was like, Oh, thank God, no, everything's okay. This story will continue as as I understood it so far. Yeah. Definitely you gotta pay attention to this one. In a different way than Lady Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird too, Slightly, but in a in a different way. Completely, I there should be a different word for that kind of weird. But this show is really really good. Everybody does a, like acting wise. Everybody on the show does a great job. Tatiana, you know, especially because she's playing so many different roles. I, I and 
I feel like uh, Christian Brunn also, who plays Donnie, has has stepped his game up as as the seasons progress. <laughs> yeah, he was he was the butt of a lot of jokes at the beginning when he first showed up on scene. So it's good that it's good that he's working into his character. Yeah, you have a you have a good Donnie arc to uh, look good. forward to. <laughs> good. I, I I just I can't I can't remember what season was, but you know when they started getting into their their drug scheme the drug business and i can't remember oh um all right their connection to the drug dealer the main supplier was an ex-boyfriend of hers and uh-huh. he kisses and then donnie confronts him and punches and then the the supplier's like no we're done he vouched for you you beat him you you hit him he beat you up he doesn't vouch for you anymore but this is over so give us all you know all the pills back at the end, where the, everything is sort of settled, and Helena s- s- is posing yeah, as Rachel, turns I up think. as Allison, or excuse me, as Allison, <laughs> and just this woman throws like an offhanded comment that if like they see him again, I'm gonna kill you, your wife, a- and your children, and Helena stops like you should not threaten the babies. <laughs> <laughs> we say that around here a lot. <laughs> The next time you see Helena, she's walking out of the freaking garage covered in blood with a, a, a machete in her hand. She's like, we should go now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the refund. <laughs> and it sounds comical, but I believe that character. Like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't absolutely. because it is a stereotypical, you know, fake Russian accent. But the character is fleshed out pretty well, and, and they do such a good job on this Yeah, show. they've done enough. They've done enough character building on Helena to, to get away with the comedy that they use her for. And it's not even, like, laugh-out-loud comedy. It's just, like, a, no, a moment of levity. No, it's just, holy shit, Helena. <laughs> so, all right, good enough. Let's do a quick recap. Uh, I'm curious, Karen, Lady Dynamite. I say yes. Okay. I say you know, give it a shot. You might not have heard of it, or you might think that you know, it's there's not enough there, but for you to to, to hold your interest. But I would say give it give it at least a couple episodes and and pay attention. <laughs> so you could be fully confused after. Uh, Chris Voltron. Yes. If you have to have your own theme music, you can work it, but it's still a good show. Uh, Game of Thrones, we all agree, is a phenomenal show and should be watched over and over again. At winter is coming. Winter is coming. I That's the one thing I don't like about the show. There are certain storylines that I want them to just go. Hurry up. And they take their sweet-ass time on a number of them. Uh, and Orphan Black, we all agree, is a phenomenal show. So Absolutely. Such a such good... And another one of them BBC shows. So. All right, Chris... Yeah. Can you um, let the peeps know what they need to know? Well, I can let them know that you can get in touch with us at com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on the Twitters. I am at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. Karen is at 
shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this or any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher, or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every stinking day, Evan. Back to you. Thank you so much, Chris. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Yes, please check us out on the Facebooks and on the internets and, you know, Communicate with us. Let us know what, what we should be watching, what we should, you know, not like, should like, what, you know, the things that we need to add to our lives because a lot of the shows are coming to an end. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do on Sunday night next after next week. Is there something coming up? I don't know. So, all right. With that being said, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I like trains. Oh, my goodness. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.